Welcome to Destination 180, a horror podcast where we take you on all of the rides that are these horror movies in childhood. Let me just say happy birthday, Johnny. Thank you. When you guys hear this, I don't know if everything will be uploaded, but you know, by the time you hear this episode, Johnny would have had her birthday. Happy birthday again. So, that was our November celebration. The whole month of November was just about her, and it is what it is. So we took a break for the whole month of November, but we are back. And of course, in December fashion, we're going to celebrate with Happy Horror Days. You excited? <laughs> yeah. So um, Christmas movies, Christmas horror movies, it's not something that I really watch that much. So I am excited to see where we go with this. I'm familiar with a few bigger name Christmas movies, of course, like Gremlins or... There's two versions of Krampus. I'm I'm familiar with Krampus a Christmas story, not Krampus Unleashed. So it's like Isn't it the one that was unleashed is the one that came out recently? No way. They both the came out within a year of each other. That's why it's confusing. Like one has Tony Collette in it. That's the one I haven't seen. One has William Shatner in it. That's the one I have seen. Yeah, no. And see, I've even seen Black Christmas, but not the newer ones, because I've heard that they're basura, but I have to see for myself, but I guess I'll figure that out when I figure that out. But the first one, I'm very familiar with that one, but there are a lot of Christmas horror movies that I'm just not familiar with. So I'm excited, because this one that we're exploring today, Better Watch Out, I stumbled on it, because um, I've seen, well, the first experience I had with this movie was, it came out in 2016, and that's right before I moved here. And this movie dropped um, September 22nd, 2016. So I was still living in Indiana, and I was working at the radio station. And while I worked at the radio station, I was a promotion assistant. Neither here or there, I worked a lot of events. And we would have merchant stuff. And our director had a plug to, like, a movie theater or to some film distribution. I don't know what it was, but we always had the plug with movie tickets and different merchant things like that. So one day, I'm like opening mail that has like the merch in it and all of that and we um will divvy it up in our boxes to like take it to different events and I stumbled upon these posters and the posters for it like one of them and I would have saved this for the souvenir shop but I feel like it's more appropriate to put it here um how I perceived the movie I just seen this poster that had a Christmas sweater it has a gun on it with a knife a baseball bat an axe and it just says better watch out Christmas gets ugly 2017 but mind you I said this was 2016 so I was trying to figure out like what happened but see what ended up happening with this movie is the release date was September 22nd 2016 but then I was only at the fest it picked up more traffic in 2017 and that's when it got its release in America in October 6 2017 and then it re-released well not re-released then it released in Australia, November 23rd, which is your birthday. See? Full circle moments. See? Last night when I was looking at it, and I was like, oh, they released it in Australia. Oh yeah. <laughs> see, I was probably, she was probably trying to see where I was trying to go with that, but I was trying to get to that it was released on her birthday. But anyway, um, I stumbled, also stumbled across this movie because I am in a horror group on Facebook called Killer Flicks. If any of you are a part of that horror group, hit me up on there. I'm super friendly. I would just see people talk about like what are you gonna watch for christmas this year blah 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 blah. and i will see this pop up from time to time i will also see it pop up on youtube because i love to watch horror anything on youtube and i was like okay i've never seen this and the only thing i knew about the movie is that 
Garrett and Ashley are the brother and sister from the movie The Visit. Have you seen The Visit yet? No. Okay, so it's an M. Night Shyamalan movie, so you can kind of assume what you will from that, but don't ruin it for yourself, John A. You know, every episode we probably will have to say that to her. Do not, we're going to put it on a shirt and sell it. Don't ruin it for yourself, John A. Anyway, they are the brother and sister for that movie, and I really, really enjoyed that movie, so I was excited to see them in this movie because they're actually like a year or two older. So once you see that movie, it'll make more sense. But anyway, Better Watch Out was directed by Chris Peckover. It was written by Zach Kahn. It's starring Olivia DeJong, who plays Ashley, Levi Miller as Luke, Ed Oxenbild as Garrett, Alex Mickick as Ricky, Dacker Montgomery as Jeremy, Patrick Warburton as the dad, and Virginia Madsen as the mom. You know who Virginia Madsen is? Yes and no. She looked familiar. She looked really familiar. And I was cracking up at some of her lines. I loved her in this movie, but Virginia Madsen is hella. Um. <laughs> Me waits for Johnny to have a light bulb moment. What movie is that, Johnny? It's on the tip of my tongue. Hmm. The tip of the lip, the tip of the tongue, the tip of the lip, the tip of the tongue, the tip of the lip, the tip of the tongue. Girl, it's not coming to me. Girl, that is Candyman. She's the main. She's Helen. She's the main character. Girl, no. Jordan Peele is coming out with a new movie, honey. That should have been on your watch list back before we got shut down. No, I'm just kidding. No, I, I was <laughs> waiting for the new one to come out. Yeah, no, no, no. You gotta be ready. But um, the runtime is 89 minutes. That's why I didn't remember her. She looked old. Durr. I was about to say. She looked, well, I mean, I guess I'm more familiar with her face. So to me, she just, you know. From this compared to how she looked in the movie? Yeah, I mean, I just think, you know how you, if you're familiar with looking at somebody, and then I've seen Virginia Madsen in her other works, not just Candyman, so I think I've seen her, like, how we can look at Felicia Rashad as Claire from the Huxtables, but we see her now, we can see clearly she's gotten older, but she still looked like Claire. You know what I mean? But also, I've kept up with her for the years. But that's what I'm saying, (laughs) I've kept up with Virginia Madsen, so that's why I think I'm more used to it. So this movie was originally written by John Hughes. The script was more bleak than it actually is. Zach Kahn came in to do a few rewrites for the screenplay because the twist actually came a lot later in the movie than what we get now. And you get about 20 minutes in, you're just trying to figure out, like, where is this movie even going? Because I feel like it's getting too crazy too fast. Like, where are they going to go with this? You know what I mean? So, um... Peckover and Khan, after they reworked it and made a few ramifications with the twist, they were trying to make it um, a more prominent aspect of the story, which is like, I can see that, but we'll get there. Because I just, I really have reservations about this movie because I'm very in limbo about how I feel about it. So, I can tell you how I feel about it when we get to that part. <laughs> Chris was um, more interested on how his character would be perceived, you know. He wanted them to be really loved, but... You have to think in the back of your mind they're still getting away with things. And I think that's where the movie draws the line for me. Like, think about, um, you seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Yeah. So, you know, like, when you watch that movie, like, when you first watch it, you'd be like, oh, this dude, cool as shit. Like, you know, and then when you really watch it, you'd be like, oh, no, he's like. A 
crappy. Yeah, like he's not a good person, and that's exactly how you feel about Levi. But it's the same. Um, uh, what's that movie? What's that movie? Oh, Levi. I said his actual name, not his oh. actor name. If I ever. You gotta, y'all gotta, all of y'all gotta keep up. Because sometimes I'll say the actor name, sometimes I'll say the character. But Levi plays Luke. But um, the movie I was trying to recall was The Breakfast Club. You've seen The Breakfast Club. So the way John comes across as like misunderstood, protagonist, whatever, despite the way he treats Claire, you know, it's the same thing. Like, I'm supposed to like this person, but they're really shitty. And that's definitely Luke. He's well-mannered, but like, as the movie goes on... He's a sociopath, and we see that. But it just gets super, super dark and deep. And another influence on this movie, a lot of people compare this movie to Home Alone. There are a lot of running gags. Like, if you're you're very familiar with Home Alone, everybody knows the paint bucket scene. Without further ado, Miss Chane, it's some fun things going on in the queue line before this ride. You ready to go? Sure. Okay, let's go. Howdy, survivors. Please keep your tips and limbs inside the vehicle and remain seated at all times. Hang on to your personal belongings, especially your minds and spines, because this here's a wild ride. Janae. <laughs> I got something for you, girl. Look, I know you guys can't see me, but I'm giving her this smile. It doesn't help that my phone is illuminating the bottom part of my face because it's like under me and the light shining up. So I probably look super creepy. And we have like the blue light special going on in the studio right now. So, (laughs) all right. Today's cue line, I have a little Christmas. Oh, darn it. My nails aren't done. So you guys can't hear me clacking. Anyway, I know. Anyway, I have a little Christmas trivia for you. I'm going to ask you a few questions. I just want to see how well versed you are in Christmas. Christmas isn't my favorite holiday, so I'm not the one that has to prove anything to anybody. I know Halloween is your favorite favorite, but Christmas is a close contender, right, for you? Uh, it's, it's Halloween, then Thanksgiving. Ew, ew, what the? Johnny, okay. Because I like to eat. Ew. And I like macaroni and cheese and corn fritters. And I just <laughs> Any ugh. Anyway. On to this quiz. I don't eat meat, so. Gonna ask you a few questions. I might not have any hints for you, sis. We're just gonna see what you know. I think I'm gonna do let's do five questions. Okay. Six if I'm feeling gringy. <laughs> In the song Frosty the Snowman, what made Frosty come to life? She's singing the song in her head, folks. She is taking a very long time to get to the part. Girl, I lost the verse. Is that your answer? I don't know. Is that your answer? What made him come alive? Is that your answer going on? What is the kids? No. The answer is an old silk hat. Yeah, that was in the verse somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going, I was going through it, and I was like, "Dude, I don't even know the verses." <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm, set up. What Christmas decoration 
was originally made from strands of silver? They give you a hint in the question. What Christmas decoration? Yes! Ding, 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 ding. She said tinsel for, the, for those who couldn't hear her over my voice. Number three. So you got one out of two. One out of two. Okay. Who played... Wait a minute, wait a minute. You might not know that. I'm not going to do that to you because I wouldn't have guessed that. Sorry. I mean, and, and the crazy part is you might actually know that. You might actually have known that. This is easy. What Christmas beverage is known as milk punch? Eggnog. Ew! You trifling people drinking eggnog. But I'm mad that it's actually called milk punch. Ew! That's gross. Like, that's the part that just made, like, milk punch. I have never heard it called that. I was supposed to just only drink eggnog. Ew. But see, what we do, we put alcohol in it, put a little bit of cinnamon, nutmeg. It don't matter. It's still nasty. Anyway, per a recent holiday fad, what spy hides around the house reporting back to Santa on who has been naughty and nice? The elves. What else? A particular elf? I mean, the name, which isn't a name, but you have to say the complete answer. Elf on the shelf? Yes. Oh, there you go. Like, what? That's, <laughs> I was like, I thought they changed history. I'm like, wait a minute. You got three out of four. It is right. that. You can name them whatever you want. Like, when I used to um, work over at the kids' gym, it was this pair of brothers, and their elf's name was Zippy. And the mom would tell us, like, we can use Zippy for leverage. It was amazing. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> One of Santa's reindeer shares a name with the famous symbol of Valentine's Day. Which reindeer is that? Cupid. It is. I, I go through all of Okay, just going to shake it up. I'm going to give you two more because I like the number seven. So, F it. Whatever. What animated 2004 film is about a train that carries kids to the North Pole on Christmas Eve? Why? It's Polar Express. But in my head, I was saying Pineapple Express. <laughs> <laughs> you want to tell us? I'm just kidding. I'm all for it. <laughs> No, baby. <laughs> no, that's not it. So you got, so far you got five out of six. This is your seventh question. This is the one for none of the money because I have none to give you. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. What much reveled Christmas edible is known for its long shelf life? It's probably something that I don't eat. Yeah, I hope not. I think it's fruitcake. It is, sis. All right. And that's disgusting. Good job. See, that wasn't bad. I'm glad I have never seen a fruitcake on Christmas. She's still reminiscing about this. You guys could, did you get traumatized by this? Have you seen one in person? Because it looked like you went somewhere there real quick. My great-grandmother's house a long time ago. Apparently, she used to make fruitcake. But see, like I said, it wasn't that bad, right? No. You ready for this ride? <laughs> Okay, <laughs> buckle up, Buttercup, because when we come back, we're going to review 2016's Better Watch Out. Want to put her in the mood? Watch your horror movie. Dude, she's like twice our age. 
I really don't think it's going to happen. She's here. You are breathtaking. <laughs> Thank you. Now, don't stay up and watch scary movies, okay? It'll give you nightmares again. So, what do you want to do? Ricky, why can't you just leave me alone? He's such a jerk. Don't hang up on me. What was that? What the fuck? Oh my god. Get away from the window. There's someone there. Ashley! Are you hiding? I'll find you. Don't worry, I'll protect you. I actually, to be honest with you, I have no idea where in the world we are. Well, anyway, I know for a fact, I know for a fact that the movie was shot in Australia, but this scene was shot in Minnesota. I do know that for a fact. And the opening font definitely gives me like Christmas cookie vibes. Like the box, like how that, that I don't know, it's something about that font that just screams Christmas. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I, it makes me feel like it's 1996. That was my best Christmas ever, by the way. And it just makes me think of like all the decorations I would see like outside or whatever. I don't know. I really don't even remember the best Christmas. I will no hesitation. Christmas 96. Ann and Lonnie, y'all did y'all thing. If y'all ever listen to this, I doubt it. But just know they did that. The 2000s was lit too, but I couldn't tell you which one. It was one Christmas. My parents, I got an air hockey table, a foosball table, and a shuffleboard, a shuffleboard table. The shuffleboard table wasn't for me, but I was like, what, did they have a clearance sale somewhere? Like, why did we have... Our basement looked like an arcade for, like, like years. What is up with you? Girl, this is happy horror days. But I couldn't even tell you about the worst Christmas or the best Christmas. <laughs> but I remember the worst Thanksgiving because my mom canceled Thanksgiving because our grandmother had died. Well, her grandma died, my great-grandmother. But it wasn't, like, around Thanksgiving. Yeah. It was, like, earlier in the year. But it set the tone for Yeah. yeah. And that's because we would, when we would cook, we would not only cook for ourselves, but we would cook some food to take it over to her. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that she wouldn't be cooking food to take it over to her, mm-hmm. she canceled Thanksgiving. And we had... One thing I took from this opening that just really sent me is a part where we're looking at a snowman and it gets like decapitated, which is very, it's a lot of foreshadowing in this movie, I will say. But a little girl and to anybody that has little ears in the car, you might want to fast forward like five seconds because I'm just going to say it. The little girl's like, you butt fucker. 
she screamed so loud like somebody was getting killed or something you know but the screams are echoing through the neighborhood which now that i think about it kind of parallels with something else that happens in the story so we come to our character ashley she's driving in her car she's on the phone she's talking to her mom and i'm just looking at her like sis speakerphone like, she's, like, literally about to crash trying to, like, drive and talk to her mom, like, with her oh, shoulder. Yeah, I'm like, sis, like, and then it's trying to detangle her headphones, I guess, to plug it in to talk to her. Yeah. I'm like, just talk on speakerphone. This was 2017, so really 2016 when they filmed it, but we had speakerphones then because she says later in the movie that the iPhone was iPhone 8. And some of us are still walking around with 8s. I have friends who Right, my mom. Well, my mom just upgraded from her four, so people definitely still have eights. They have speakerphones, like highly accessible. So anyway, we um, there's another thing that happens in this scene where she almost hits a cat, a black cat at that, and she's screaming and she drops the phone. And her mom's like, "Ashley, Ashley, are you okay? Okay." She picks it up, and she's like, "I'm okay." But that also happens later on in the movie with Ricky. When she first comes in the house. And I'll pick that up because it keeps coming back. This movie kind of does a good job of foreshadowing and bringing things back. Because a lot of movies are notorious for like bringing stuff up and and never paying off. I would say it was borderline because a lot of times they would like zoom in. Like I have a complete list and I'll get to it later. But it's crazy, the foreshadowing in this movie. No, but one part that you just said about how the movie was great for showing you something and then picking it back up later... There was something that happened, it's like right during the scene, kind of, sort of, after she had hit that, or almost hit the cat, and she started to drive off again, and then that car turned on, and then followed her, Mm -hmm. but that never played out. And see, I was trying to, I wrote that too, because I was like, well, whose Range Rover is this? And I'm trying to think, like, I kept the car in the back of my head, because I was trying to see, like, was it the parents' car? And I thought that, but I think that car was more silver than black. And maybe I need to look again, but that's what I thought. Because it's the same. It's like a BMW SUV build, but I'm pretty sure the um, truck that followed her was more of an Explorer. Like a police car that was black. black. And the parents were driving like a BMW SUV. it was also like a light car. Yeah. You know, so I I have no idea. what I don't know if that, that wasn't, was it? No, it wasn't Jerome's car or Jeremy's car. It wasn't Jeremy's car. And I don't think it was Ricky's car. Or I'm not sure if it was Ricky's car. It could have been. See, me, I was thinking that that person was following her to the the house and was the one that was trying to break in. Which, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's how they was trying to set it up, I'm sure. But, But, (laughs) right, exactly. So that ball was dropped. And it really, I'm glad you pointed that out because I did say something about that. So finally we meet our main character, Luke and Garrett. And... I'm just going to keep bringing this up. Garrett stole my heart in this movie in the, in a lot of ways, but mostly because I just remembered him as that little boy from The Visit. And if you've seen that movie, shout out to T. Styles, He was killing it. But anyway, <laughs> um, Luke is researching what turns girls on. And I'm like, bruh, it took me back to when I was like that age. And we used to like read Cosmos, turn him on in these six sex moves like that's so relatable so that's why i'm like the movie does good jobs in certain areas because that's totally that's totally relatable that a boy would be looking at that like talking about um watching horror movie releases dopamine and things like that i'm like sir 
What? I mean, yes, but <laughs> come on now. This is where they first plant the seed for the paint can debate for Home Alone, like talking about like what would happen could you kill somebody, this, that, yada, yada, yada. And as the conversation goes on, Lucas starts talking about that Ashley and him have a five-year difference, and he argues that his parents are also five years apart, too, which I mean, like, yes. You know, as you get older, that's acceptable, but when you're young, it's just not, and that's just point blank, period. No, there's no dancing around it. I don't want to hear it. I'm not going to argue about it. So Garrett just wants to be a normal 12-year-old. He's like, my brother gave me some weed, so we could just... Roll up, everything could be cool, and that's what y'all should have did, and we would have been all cool. See? This is what I'm talking about. Legalize it. Anyway, <laughs> it's a funny little clause here before Virginia Matson walks in, and Gary's just like, I just hope you get some assistance, some yeah. technical assistance. <laughs> and that's what I'm talking about, like, these actors, and it's... In some of the parts, there is one scene where um, Olivia DeJean that plays Ashley, her accent comes out. But they do a really good job considering they're Australian, you know? So my girl Helen comes in, played by Virginia Madsen. And her character, she don't got time for it, honey. She She has no time for it. The banter, this next scene is basically introducing you to Luke's parents. And you're kind of getting the sense of the environment that he's in. Like, mom is very high strung. You can tell she has an issue with getting older. Dad is... Dad, I I don't even know how to describe him because I really wanted to know. Like, it's a such thing as metrosexual or metrosexual as he calls it. And yeah, I was just like, but the thing. So they're in the foyer area, and something happens with a Christmas tree. Virginia Madsen straight up says, "Are you sure you never sucked a man's cock before?" (laughs) I had to pause the movie the first time I seen it. I said, "What did she say?" Yo, when I said that, I screamed. Like, I'm like, what? but see, but this is the thing. You're talking to your husband like this. So like, serious. this is not me she, just talking to my male friend. No, she looked at him like that. She was dead serious. So anyway, <laughs> Ashley comes over and this is where, oh, wait. And I was waiting on you to point this out. Did you see how, like, on the line, their dad was, what, uh, Luke's dad was being with Ashley when she walked in? Yeah, that was. And he was like, I'm mad we have to let her go, Luke, towards the end of the scene. But I was just like, because at first when he first did it, I'm not opposed to me and saying like, yeah, like, you know, he said something which is kind of like, it could be on the line. It just depends on how it's said and how long I know you, like, blah, blah, blah. But then that last final line of that scene, like, did it for me. But anyway, the following scene, it just sets up a whole lot of foreshadowing, as I said, and I took the liberty to curate a list of everything that's foreshadowed in this scene. So, or in the following scenes that we've seen so far. So the first thing, or one of the first things that's set up is the noise machine that Lucas listens to that emulates, you know, like inside the womb or the heart, rain sounds, ocean sounds, whatever the hell. You know, parents, y'all know what I'm talking about. Then the pencil trick, which Lucas has apparently been sleepwalking. I know you guys can't see me. Yes. Uh, sleepwalking so there's a pencil trick that his parents implement by putting a pencil slant on a doorknob so i'm assuming because i'm trying to figure out like what the fuck is that supposed to do that's not going to keep him in there um it's not supposed to keep him in it's supposed to let the parents know that he actually left yeah and i I figured that but i'm just like 
okay, you're going to see it after everything's said and done. Like Right, so it's just to let them know, okay, he slept walk. Because my brother used to sleepwalk. And so we would First of all, that's scary as fuck. Don't do that. <laughs> we, but see, he would sleepwalk, and we wouldn't know that he would sleepwalk until we would hear something or if we actually saw him. Because mm-hmm. he would do it and then go back into his room. Mm-hmm. But if we never seen it or heard it, we would never know. So that's why she probably did the pencil trick. So yeah. that she'll know, okay, he did sleepwalk. True. Okay. So, new perspective. Thanks. Duct tape and the 1,001 uses that it has. I love duct tape. Garrett's itch. The pencil use for the pencil trick going under the rug. And a shot is held on for a very, very long time. You know what's so funny? I actually thought that he was lying about his itch. I don't, I mean... Only because I thought he was in there, like, trying to get some drugs or something Well, like he that. does it in the begin in the first scene, before he mentions the... Oh, so I missed that Yeah, one. he does it in the very first scene. So they, like, set it up there. Because I think um, uncomfortable situations make him itch or something like that. So when they start talking about the girls, he, like, scratches himself. The spider... The laundry machine and the snow mask. It's other things set up in this movie, but at this point, this is what all I have put together. Anyway. <laughs> also, I was like, they make the babysitter do laundry? <laughs> yeah, and I wrote that too. I was like, I was like, I'm gonna ask John Nay because I've babysat and I've never been asked. Now, when I was my sister's nanny, but that's my sister. I was living there too, so if I just happen to do other people's laundry, that just happens. But I'm not doing nobody's. Like, like, does this happen? Like, do you anybody any babysitters out there? Y'all doing people's laundry? Like, are you a nanny? Are you a nanny or? No, I will say I had chores. Like, she would ask me to clean the baby's bottles when I used them, or something like that, or just like put the baby's toys away. She wasn't asking me to like do nothing crazy. Now, off the strength of me just being a good babysitter, I would vacuum the carpet the baby was playing on and. Make sure the area was sanitized, but I wasn't yeah, doing no. nothing extra. Like, that's what I was confused about. Like, you out here doing laundry? Like, I can understand if you're a nanny or if you're an au pair. Mm-hmm, yeah. A babysitter? Mm-hmm. I might get asked to help with homework. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, laundry? The parents excused themselves out for the night, and I like the little tie thing. Like, she didn't like his red tie, so he had a little black one. You know, you gotta keep it cute. Anyway, they excused themselves. And this is where Ashley also excuses herself to go call Ricky. Through that conversation, I guess she was she already had it in her mind that she was going to have him come by around 11, 11.30. So they have this spider jump scare. And first of all, that's too big of a spider to just be a house spider. You got to know that that's like a pet spider or something. Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's been instances where big-ass spiders just be popping up in places, but no. Absolutely not. Anyway, Lucas takes it outside and like the spider got another close up, which is what I said earlier. It's like it's it was letting me know too much. Like I would have liked it better if I just never seen it again after he let it out. Ashley is about to turn on a horror movie and Lucas jump scares her with the cork from a champagne bottle. He's like trying to impress her and be all cool, taking drinks of it and talking about how like him and Garrett drink all the time. And she's trying to. Yeah, I'm like, I mean, but see, the thing is, it's like, I remember me being that age trying to, like, run with my older sister when she would bring her friends over, and I could see myself doing something like Uh -uh. that. Not, like, blatantly, like, just coming out of nowhere with, like, a bottle or something, but if I seen them drinking and my sister, like, did like this, handing me a drink or, like, you know, trying to see what I was going to do, I was going to take it. (laughs) Anyway. I don't want to tell nobody on this podcast. 
I mean, I said sister. I got six of them. So that's up for y'all to debate which one did it. So have fun. Well, I'm not about to incriminate myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> so Ashley's trying to take control of the situation. And she notices the door is what she thinks still open. And the swing outside is swinging. Ricky calls back and there's a small little mishap that stresses her out between them. I'm not sure what happened, but it's. Good enough to stress her out and she takes us a drink and Lucas catches her. And Lucas is like just subtly, not even subtle, like making all of these little creepy moves on her. Like when they were sitting on the couch, he was trying to put his hand on her thigh, like after cuddling up to her. He was cute and awkward, but then that quickly faded for me. We'll talk about it. I really think the movie paid a lot of homage to the screen because there are parts that I actually was like, oh no, this is this, this is this. And I'm about to point them out. So, um... After Ricky and Ashley have their little debacle and the phone rings and does like the screen jump scare, there's nobody on the phone. So that's where I get number one yeah. screen vibes. So Ricky decides to call Ashley out. Like, why are you dating dudes like Ricky and Jeremy? And he's trying to like assert himself. What? what did they watch on the TV? Mm-mm. They were watching. It's some movie in the 80s. It's not Final Exam. It's, it's not Final Exam, guys. But I know you guys know what movie I'm trying to say because it's just like Final Exam if you're an 80s horror fan. You know exactly what movie I'm trying to say. It start with a B and it's escaping my mind right now. And I said I was going to write it down, but go ahead, help me out, y'all. Thanks. Anyway, <laughs> um, no, they weren't watching screen, but it was some like old little 80s movie. But um, he's trying to assert himself by calling her out on the men she's dating. And she's just like, she a good one. Because I would have been like, you all in my business. Don't do that. Like, are you? you are 12. I am 17, sir. Like, I'm dating your girl around. Anyway, <laughs> just as she realizes she didn't order them pizza because the dad gave them money for it, it arrives by the door by, like, a shadow figure. And the voice cover-up was good. So that gave me more screen vibes because I'm like, okay, is there... I didn't know what the twist is yet. We didn't say this at the beginning, but y'all should know already. If y'all ain't seen this movie, shame on you, and we spoiling it, so whatever. Three, two, one. I didn't know the twist yet. And, you know, as we come to find out, this is a whole setup. It's actually Garrett that's doing this. They came up with a plan to just initially scare her, but this first time, it's Garrett. And I'm like... I think the pizza man was actually a real person. So who ordered the pizza? And I was thinking that, too, because I was trying to figure it out. It had to be. Because... The only no, reason she, that made me say it wasn't him. Like you saw, it was like a bottom part of a mouth. And it had like, when she was sitting I thought he had a mask on. No, it was. A, a ski mask. No, she wouldn't answer the door if the guy had on a ski mask. But it was cold outside, so uh, I mean. It was actually like, you saw beard. I gotta look again. But I just really don't know because I feel like that was a good foreshadowing but it's still like who ordered the pizza how did the pizza get there now this is another thing they bring the pizza in see and that was her mistake i wouldn't have opened the door for a pizza man doing that didn't order nothing. yeah now the first time obviously i didn't know the twist second time i'm watching it and i'm watching lucas's actions in particular and he immediately soon as she opens the door he runs off to the back so that's why i'm like that had either he called the pizza or it was a setup. It has to be one of those. And I'm I'm open for any answer, any discussion. But I'm like, it's definitely one of those. Because he takes off to go set up the good ambience in the next scene. And the pizza has mushrooms on it, which Lucas told Ashley earlier. Either he was allergic or he just didn't like mushrooms. But he picks the mushrooms off the pizza. So now I'm thinking, oh, shit, is the pizza jug? Are these shrooms? Like, what they about to do to her? 
Because now this time I'm like thinking from Lucas's point of view, but then I thought about it the first time I watched it. That didn't go anywhere. No, yeah, I wouldn't have thought that they were like dr- a shrooms. Well, he picked them of- off, so that's why I'm thinking. Well, I knew that he. Well, he said he didn't like mushrooms. So, like me, if like my parents ordered pizza with chicken on it, I would take the chicken off and probably still eat the pizza. Because she even questions that. She was like, well, if your dad knows you don't like mushrooms, why would he? And then I'm questioning that, too, because if you ordered it, if I ordered something for my kid, not for the family, for my kid, and I know my kid don't like that, I'm not going to put that on there. Right. So that's what threw me off and made me think, like, was there a storyline where the the mushrooms are going to be drugged and they dropped it, but they didn't think twice to, like, rewrite it in that scene? But I think it was more or less to try to scare her, like, who orders the pizza? I guess so. So another, um, Ricky tries to make another move on Ashley. No touchy-touchy, sir. As this happened, Ashley declines a call from Ricky, but answers the next call, which visibly upsets Lewis. Like, he blows out the candles. When she comes back, she tries to touch him, and he do that little, you know how, (laughs) this cracked me up, because I'm like, first of all, you too young to even be acting like that. Like, you know the scene I'm talking about, where she tries to, like, ruffle his hair or something. But anyway... This next scene, Ashley starts, they're watching a movie, and Ashley starts, like, freaking out. But I didn't know if she was pretending to be scared to get him to, like, feel better, quote-unquote, about himself to kind of, like, macho up and, you know? Or was she genuinely scared of the movie? Because it seemed kind of, that part seemed a little overacted. So I wasn't really sure if she was supposed to, if she was trying to do that to make him feel better. Because, you know what I'm saying? I'm not too sure. But... During this scene, this is the best shot in the movie. No pun intended. If you look in the back, there was somebody out the and I loved it. But I love when movies do this. Don't tell me I'm supposed to know something's there. Let me figure it out. That's so much scarier because even the way that the figure, which we come to find out is um, not a fat head, but like a pop-up, a stand-up thing. The way it's in the window, you can't even really tell what it's supposed to be. Like, like, it could have been anything, you know? But that's what I like. I like when movies do things like that. But once again, back to Lucas trying to kiss Ashley. There's another screen phone call, and Ashley takes the phone, and this is another screen moment. She goes to the mirror, and she's like, how many fingers am I holding? And she's holding up her middle fingers. And I'm like, come on, I love the homage you guys are paying to my girl, Nev Campbell. But anyway... Um, the movie is actually like playing like reverse roles because it's actually, it actually is someone out there. I mean, we know it's Garrett, but it's actually someone out there. So the scene progresses and this is where, as we said, Garrett, they open the door, Garrett comes in and tackles Luke. They're playing together or whatever. And, um, before that, I'm skipping over a part before that. It gets to the point where Ashley's like, yeah, we're about to call the police. And Luke, quote unquote, drunkenly throws her phone into the fish tank. And at that point, I got pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, oh, no, I didn't mean. And I mean, like, it's it's kind of. Because I'm like, my thing is, why would you throw it? Regardless if you was drunk or not drunk. Because I feel like that would have had. That's some shit that would have happened to me on a regular. Like, if I try to throw something to BJ and. I mean, normally he can catch and I'm a good thrower. But just saying it would happen to me. Anyway, after um, everybody kind of calms down over the prank, glass shatters upstairs and Ashley gives the boys specific instructions on what they're about to do. And they all go upstairs. They all end up going upstairs and they find out that they don't have any service. The brick 
that smashes through the window says like if you leave you die so they know that they're stuck in the house she tries to like make a run for her car the tires have been slashed now first of all this pissed me off it's typical horror movie logic but before they went upstairs why would you lock the door and then go upstairs to investigate the noise especially if you hear glass shattering how would he take my butt out the house but again true (laughs) true because i guess true i can't even Mm-hmm. I can't even cause, somebody else's child. Yeah, because I think my thought would be stay closer to the door. But also because I've seen your necks. I also know that. Have you seen your necks? Probably. Because I've seen that movie, I know that that's not a safe option either. But at this point, it's just like I might just have to stand like in the middle of the house and just sit down, lay down on the ground. I don't know. But anyway. Uh, um, before <laughs> she realized her tires were slashed, that she locked the door and went upstairs to investigate. Yeah, so Lucas goes up to the door. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how this happened, but somehow bright lights cut on, and they never explain where these bright lights come from. Where did they come from? So at the end, when he's cleaning up the mess. Oh, the okay. Yeah, those. Yeah, okay. Got you. Never mind. Sorry. Anyway, Gerd freaks out, quote unquote, and he makes a dash for it, and he gets popped. In my first view, I'm like, wait, no. I was like, Because now you guys know I don't watch trailers before I watch a movie I've never seen before. If I've seen it before, I don't care. But if I've never seen a movie before, I don't want to know anything about it. Because I know nowadays people love to spoil their trailers. And I actually didn't watch the trailer for Better Watch Out before doing this show. But I've heard in some of my research it in some of my research that the trailer does spoil a lot. Have you seen the trailer? No, but... I, I, yeah, the trailers nowadays, it shows the whole movie, like Antebellum. Yeah. Um, so on first view, when Garrett gets shot, I'm like, I know they're not going to kill, and I even stopped the movie, and I'm like, I know they're not about to kill him off this early in the movie, and I'm just stuck with Luke and Ashley. Like, I mean, like, they're fine, they're cool, I guess, but, you know, T. Styles is my man, you know, I don't want to see him go. Ashley and Lucas come up with a plan, and I notice, second watch, Lucas isn't even crying for real. He's, like, doing that pretend, like, (laughs) like, he's not even really crying. After seeing another shadow at the window, they run up the stairs, and they actually see that someone is upstairs. They run into the attic and devise another plan, and Ashley is attacked by spiders, causing her to flip out and fall backwards out of the attic door. Luckily, Lucas catches her and pulls her back up, and they exit the attic. That scene actually had real spiders in it. She actually let them have real spiders crawl on her. I'm telling you. Yeah. Kudos to you, girl. Anyway, couldn't have been me, mm-hmm. but kudos to you. <laughs> yeah. So after this little ordeal, Ashley has a moment, and she's just like, I can't do this, I can't do this. And this is kind of where, on first view, I don't know why I didn't pick it up, but I kind of picked it up that this was going to... I don't know. When he went out and he came back, the fact that he did it twice is, that's what did it for me. The fact you go off on yourself twice and it's intruders in the house, both times you go out and nothing happens to you. The first time, that's pure luck. Second time, that's sus. when he went to go get the gun, I was like, you're getting on my nerves. Then when they were in the closet and he knocked over the toy and he was trying to leave out the closet, I'm like, why are you trying to be the hero? Mm -hmm. You're getting on my nerves. Getting on my nerves. 
So this is where we get our washing machine jump scare because Ashley was loading the laundry earlier. And on to the pair hiding into Lucas's closet after setting off a toy. It's like this little robot toy. They're trying to fiddle with it to get the sound to go off. Ashley also gets spooked. And I really did like this jump scare when they're in the closet and she gets spooked by the mash and she like... Okay, she knocked this block off for real. So this is where the um, intruder obviously hears the sound, comes in the room, and quickly, I do like this about Ashley. She's quick and witty. She puts together that earlier she's seen this picture of Lucas with his family at a skiing trip. And she's like, okay, this skiing, this ski mask is very familiar. But she also sees Garrett gives his away. Garrett gives himself away by scratching himself. And that's when she puts two and two together that this is a setup. And when she first, on first watch, when she first burst out the closet, I'm just like, oh my God, I don't want her to get killed. But I'm like, she's the main character, so she can't, like, I mean, maybe they can knock her out or something. But we know it's another prank. Nothing happens once again. So Ashley's super, super upset because this is the second prank that they've pulled on her tonight. And this is the part where her... So Ashley's really, really upset. She's not messing with none of this because this is the second prank that they've pulled on her tonight. And in this scene, it's where her Australian accent comes out. Like, I wish I can, like, maybe hopefully I can find a clip so you guys can hear it too because I can't remember exactly what she says. But listen to the part where she's going off on Lucas and her accent just straight comes out. Like, it's a little funny because she just keeps going with it like nothing happens. But as Ashley is going downstairs to call Lucas' parents, he's calling her and he smacks her all the way down the stairs like I mean why would you insult him while he's holding the gun true because at this point now the gun that Garrett had was real with the tears welling up in his face I'm like you're dumb why would you insult that little boy while he's holding the gun yeah I mean but you gotta think like some people just be thinking they untouchable off the strength of their relationships but we all know that that's not always the case but she's 17 so we gotta we gotta think like you know knock her ass right 17 year old logic Ashley comes to and this is where this is where the movie turns for me so little excerpt this is disturbing there's a movie I don't know if you've ever seen it um you guys listening you might have you might have not I'm not gonna spoil anything but there's a movie called funny games I decided to watch it for the first time this year ever I've heard about this movie for years have you ever seen this movie I've heard about this movie for years and I've never watched it because I'm not some home invasion movies I can handle some I can't but this is a home invasion movie if you're familiar with the movie you know how it goes the first time I watched it the only time I watched it I tapped out and I was pretty much at the end for you guys that have seen the movie I was about at the I'm trying to figure out what can I say without giving it away. I was about at the part where it seems like everything is okay and you can breathe after a lot of things have happened. I'll say that and if you can put two together, you you understand what I'm talking about. But back to this movie, this scene gave me strong funny game vibes and that's where it started to turn sour for me because I really didn't like it. The first thing I noticed about this scene is Ashley's tied to the chair, very similar to how Steve is tied in the chair and scream in the first opening scene. <laughs> Super similar. That's what I'm saying. I see, I spot all of these things. Garrett is riding a damn scooter around the house in circle, <laughs> playing Kill Fuck Mary with Luke, with Adventure Time characters. And this is like, this is something else I like. It's more... 
it's more 12 year old things so i do like that's why i say like this movie limbos with me because it's things that it does well and it's things that i can't really comment because maybe it was supposed to make me feel uneasy so Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're the softest cushions ever. So, Garrett, Garrett, Lucas, and Ashley are in a room. And Lucas is talking about how he doesn't want to shoot Ashley. This whole scene is very funny games. Ashley's trying to sway Lucas by saying she has a concussion and she needs to go to the hospital. But Lucas is like, no, we're going to play truth or dare. And this scene is so disgusting. Trigger warning for, I guess, sexual harassment, I would say. Um, Lucas tells Ashley truth or dare. And he was like, if you don't play, I'm going to make you drink this. And he pulls out a baggie. Now, when I first seen it, I said, I know this. I know this is not nut in a bag. No, But it was roofies. I mean, now I know it's... I quickly understood it was roofies, but <laughs> just because, bag. yeah, like it just, it, <laughs> when I first seen it, that's just what it looked like. Like it, 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 it was damn near cloudy. It was, it looked like that. Sorry. Anyway, um, he tries to then embarrass her by questioning her virginity and saying he heard a rumor about how she's been with Jeremy and Ricky and all of that. And then just oh, the most disgusting part, which I give the movie credit for doing it tastefully and not showing it, but Garrett daring Lucas to grope her and yeah, just, her it, uh, which one. like, what? anyway, I'm just gonna, cause I don't even want to dwell in the scene. Anyway, Actually, Garrett, you know that I want to bring up like a high school thing about people really going around telling people, oh yeah, I had sex with her and now the whole school to think you done lost your virginity and it's not true. Yeah. So I applaud her for breaking up that boy because he went around telling people that he had sex with her. That's actually something that happened to me. Yeah. Garrett teases Luke about getting a boner while filling up Ashley, but of course, um, you know. Lucas gets embarrassed because he has small dick energy, no pun intended, <laughs> talking about a 12-year-old. Sorry. But anyway, this is actually the scene where um, her accent comes out. She was like, you're going to be in a lot of trouble when your parents come home. That's exactly what she says. Okay, I wrote it down. But if you guys can find that scene in the movie, listen to it. Her accent comes straight out. Ashley makes Lucas admit that he killed Garrett's hamster as a truth question because it's now his turn. And Garrett points out that this was wrong and he wants to leave. Because, I mean, my man's, his feelings already hurt. He done found out LeBron got killed this whole time. He thinking he just ran away. Like, dang. <laughs> so while they're out and they're, like, discussing what's going on, Ash tries to alarm the neighbors by flashing a light out the window. Very smart. But she makes a lot of noise when she drops it. And here's a little fun fact right here. The neighbors... Are out of town, but no, the neighbors are the Lindberghs, and the Lindberghs is the last name of the director from Your Next, which is another home invasion movie. Yay! <laughs> Lucas decides that he's just gonna go ahead and drug Ashley, but she breaks the glass resourcefully. We love a resourceful queen. As the doorbell rings, Ricky actually arrived a lot earlier than they expected him to, and he tricks his way inside, and I'm like, sir. You really thought that he was just going to pass those flowers through the door and not just yeah. bust in? So, um, I'm really upset Ricky didn't go a little bit further to find Ashley. 
All you had to do was just go a little bit around the corner and you would have seen her. You probably would have had to fight a little bit, but at least you would have like been ready. But Garrett, um, there's a scene where they're basically, the boys are basically trying to get Ricky out of the house. And Lucas is talking about Ashley is on her monthly. And Garrett says, yeah, she has diarrhea. But it's funny to me because Lucas is like, diarrhea? Like, what the hell? But... But that's a thing. That's a thing. Yeah, that and I don't know if that was the joke. Like whoever wrote that, I love you because that was brilliant because that's actually real. That's they didn't know that, but that that actually happens. TMI, but not really. Fuck it. We're going to be open with no, this. Anyway, I, I actually didn't find that out until like my college years. My mom plays tennis with a doctor and the doctor said that you know it's something about those muscles contracting that make you poop a whole lot more while you're on your side. While the boys are trying to get Ricky out, Ashley successfully gets a hold of a piece of glass from the bottle that she broke earlier. Ricky decides he's not going to go that easy and he goes upstairs to look for Ash. While this happens, Lucas snubs him in the head with a baseball bat to the head. Then starts dancing like he's Patrick Bateman. And it's like, I don't, this would have been fine if this is something that subtly happened like from my from my understanding this is the first person you've kind of done this to or i don't know i i don't know but uh, yeah, I don't it was know. just too much at first sight yeah, that baseball bat scene was disturbing. it wasn't even a baseball scene it's just the fact that he's dancing around like patrick bateman in american psycho like in american psycho it was understood and kind of fell in line it was very on brand for him for lucas this behavior for me isn't on brand yet like it's wait, too wait, much wait, too wait. soon he hit him the first time and he starts dancing um ricky is very resilient and he gets back up but he gets stabbed with the sleepwalking pencil that we've seen set up under the carpet and almost hits lucas until garrett intervenes with the gun from earlier surrendering ricky suffers another blow from lucas and I'm like, okay, they killed Ricky. No, they didn't kill Ricky. But in the next scene, in the first of, scene, that, lot of blood, that and in the next scene, his head is clean. Where was the wound? The only wound we see is the stab wound. Where, where Where's the blood coming from? Because that was a lot of blood on the floor. Yeah, that was, that like, I expected, and they, they mention that there's, like, a hole in his head and he needs to get stitches or something, but, like... I would have liked to see his hair at least be a little matted, but whatever, not here or there. Um, Garrett, when he does that before, Garrett, you can see Garrett's kind of like, yeah, no, you're doing a lot. Like, this some, do you know what they do to white kids in jail? Like, I'm not fucking with none of this. Like, no. They go into a cleanup montage, and it's kind of, you know, showing you how much he's kind of thought about this because he sharpens the pencil to get rid of the blood and the DNA that was on it. He wipes the floor and the mats that everybody was touching. He also shreds the flowers that Ricky bought. So it kind of is like he just came over there in a rage and tried to start some stuff. They can kind of frame him, you know? Ashley tries to bargain another deal with Lucas but fails. And this is also when everyone finds out that Ricky actually texts Lucas to come over. So that's why he was over there that early. Rightfully upset, Garrett excuses himself to go roll up because y'all was stressing him out. And Lucas actually didn't mess up Ashley's phone. He actually had it in a little baggie, which the second time I watched it, I was trying to see how did that even happen? Like, did he quickly take it out and put it in some rice? Like, how did... I don't even know. Anyway, 
Because I was trying to figure out. out. It and I was just like, well, maybe did he get Ricky's number out of her phone before he did that? He duct tapes her. And this is where he says the line about ah, duct tape has a thousand and one uses. And he goes ahead and he calls Jeremy. But I like this scene because the first time he calls him, I'm like, what did you think your aim was going to be? Where did you think you were going to go with this? Because he gets hung up on very swiftly. And he calls Jeremy back. And I love Jeremy. First of all, I love Dacker. Billy from Stranger Things. I love you, sir. Anyway. <laughs> He answers the phone and he's like, is this this little taint from Claremont? <laughs> I was dead on that part. I'm like, I wonder, like, was that in the script or was that just off the fly? I really hope it was off the fly. Yes, I, like, I really hope it was off the fly. As this is happening, Ashley has been cutting off the tape, but has also been bleeding and trying to hide the blood on the floor from Lucas seeing it, which I'm just like, sir, rookie mistakes. Always check your victims to make sure they're not doing extra stuff. But anyway... Ricky gives a smart comment to Lucas, but diverts the situation by wetting himself, causing Lucas to have to clean the floor and giving Ashley more time to like break out of her trap. Like yeah, because I mean, he's like, we're making this harder for you to do. Like, the harder you make it for somebody, he has to cover up all that DNA, all that mess. Like, this is very smart on that part. Ricky is giving this heroic speak to Ashley, talking about, like, once you get out, you just run, and I'll handle the boys. And she just keeps looking at him like, dude, shut up. Like, I got this. Anyway, Lucas comes back, and he's playing with the idea of being a sadist and having them have sex in front of him. And he's like, no, I'm just playing. I wouldn't make you do that. But this is when he actually finds out that Ashley was telling the truth about being a virgin. But this moment is broken up by Garrett. Because he is blowing the house down. Lucas freaks out because he's like, my parents' house smells like weed. <laughs> While they're fighting, it gives Ashley enough time to free herself. The boys come back with a plan to have Ricky smoke the weed and blame him for, you know, the smell and stuff. And as they do it, this scene kind of pisses me off. They make him take a hit of the joint and the smoke starts to come out of his cheek, right? <laughs> to where Lucas goes back around him and, like, tries to plug, like, his mouth and his nose to make the smoke come out of his cheek. And I just felt so bad for him. I'm like, Lucas is having a field day. He is truly crazy. <laughs> cool. The boys bring Ricky into the foyer area, and Garrett is still smoking because y'all stressing him out. He takes another hit, and Ricky looks at him and is like, what the hell is going on? And... <laughs> They didn't know that. That's what I'm saying, Ricky like, mistakes. You're not what? noticing anything. <laughs> the boys set up Ricky into the foyer, and Garrett takes another hit of his joint, and Ricky's like, what the hell is going on? And Garrett hilariously replies, I don't fucking know, man. And I'm just like, this kid, like, this kid is so good. I truly like him. Shout out to T-Styles. Anyway, Ricky questions their friendship, as a lot of people have done throughout the movie. And Lucas sets up the Home Alone paint bucket stunt. After Lucas has after Lucas has Garrett blindfold Ricky, Ashley comes in threatening to shoot Lucas if he doesn't put down the paint bucket, to which, being an ass, Lucas releases the paint can, killing Ricky by, you know, inertia to the face. It's a heavy paint can, but it's a little fun fact in here. Um, if you notice, when you watch the movie, the paint can, it has, like, obviously paint on it, so you can see that it's being used. But on the paint can, it says splatter. Oh, my God. <laughs> also, I didn't like the fact that, like, you're freaking out. Garrett was freaking out. 
why didn't you just move the chair that Ricky was in? Like, you know that the whole point was he was trying to home alone him. Yeah. So, <laughs> see, they had, they've been having an ongoing, they've been having an ongoing debate about would that actually kill a person. And it's crazy because, um. But he actually said, you're, I think he missed the first time. He was like, you're going to kill him. If you knew that at that point, you should move the chair. Yeah. The, the right, the movie does a good job at painting a picture. <laughs> painting. Pun intended. Perfect pun intended. They paint a really disturbing picture of what happens, like how lethal paint cans actually are. Like coming from that, from that up high, that speed, all of that is just crazy. But it actually, the cool thing about this scene is I like that they don't show you anything, yeah, but from the sound and the aftermath, you really, your mind just does all the work for you. Yeah, that was the one thing about this movie I noticed that they didn't show like. Gore. But see, I like gore. things like that, and that's why I'm saying I'm so in between with this movie because it does a lot of things I like, but the things I don't like, I don't know if that's actually a positive on the movie's part because is it supposed to make me feel this way? So I really am conflicted with this one. But um, Ashley flips out only to find out that the gun was never loaded. She tries to shoot Lucas and realize to what... Um, as she tries to shoot the gun and realize there are no bullets, Lucas says something like, you know, a responsible parent always makes sure the ammo is separate. Which, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Ashley takes off running with the chair. I mean, if I ain't never seen a girl be so resourceful, Ashley really, um, a little side, well, I'll save it. I've never seen a girl be as resourceful in these days as Ashley is. Like, she's running with this chair still attached to her arm, but gets popped by the tripwire and the paintball contraption that Garrett got popped with earlier. So now that gets written off. So Garrett tries to come get her. And I love this scene because, like I said, they play brother and sister in the visit. So I was already ready to see a scene with them interact. So I'm liking this, what I'm seeing now. She says, get off me, you crazy fuck. And this scene also gives me, if anybody, Johnny, I'm not sure if you've seen this movie. You might have. If anybody's familiar with I Know What You Did Last Summer, oh, yeah. this definitely gave me the vibes with... Um, I haven't seen it in a long time, though. Damn, I can't call my sister's name right now, but you all know who I'm talking about. I can't call her name. Sorry, guys. It makes me think oh, of Sarah the... Michelle? Yes, thank you. Um, It gives me... Sarah Michelle Geller's vibes of when she's running from the hook hand killer and I know what you did last summer and she gets right there to civilization because Ashley gets so close to the carolers and just decides to stop and start screaming baby you should have kept running because Garrett pops her in the head with the same brick that was used to smash the window which I'm trying to figure out now whoa Oh, never mind. Nope, never mind. Because Garrett brought the brick downstairs. I was about to say, where did he get the brick from? But yeah, he, brought he brought it downstairs. So anyway, the next scene, the carolers have actually made it to their household. And Lucas is outside with a new Christmas sweater on, enjoying the music. And I love that on the outside, you see that this house is so beautiful and peaceful. But on the inside, it is pure depression. So the camera zooms in. We see Ricky's dead body. It's crazy because in my notes, I, like, have pictures, like, throughout my notes. But, like, screenshots of the movie. So as we zoom in through the house from what we think is the perfect household and just a nice little safe neighborhood, which, another fun fact, this movie was called Safe Neighborhood before it was called Better Watch Out. But it's a little... 
they actually say it in the movie, like um, before the little piece of stunt thing happens, he goes, you guys don't have a security system? She goes, you guys don't have a security system? He says, no, this is a safe neighborhood. So anyway, <laughs> as the camera zooms in, we see that we see as the camera zooms in, we see Ricky's dead body. We also see that Ashley's now tied up in all the leftover Christmas lights. And Garrett's just so sad, laid out on the couch. Lucas gets in Ashley's face, and I'm not sure what he said to her, but she nut-checked him for it. Go you. Garrett starts to question Lucas, and of course, Lucas being him, flips it back on Garrett and says, Ricky wouldn't have died if you, was smoking, if you wasn't smoking weed in the house. Lucas then starts to brag about being the Harry Houdini of getting ways, getting... Lucas then starts to brag about being the Harry Houdini of getting away with things, just listing every time that they've gotten in trouble, how he's been the one getting them out of it. He also takes Ashley's phone and posts a cryptic message on her social media page saying like, uh, exes, can't they just go away? And Lucas goes off and deals with Jeremy because now Jeremy's coming. Whole, uh, sleepwalking, how the sleepwalking thing came about. Right, that's what I was saying when I said that he lists all of these yeah. things that he's lying about. One thing about this scene, and it just shows you how he treats people. He goes to Garrett, like, this is no problem. Before he goes off to deal with Jeremy, he goes up to Garrett, and he's like, wipe yourself off, dude. You look like a hot dog. But I'm like, dude, like, y'all just killed somebody. You don't feel a way about this at all? No. So Jeremy hypes himself up, and we meet Dacker Montgomery. He's hyping himself up to meet Ashley, as you do. While sneaking into the backyard, he stumbles onto the catapult that was used to send the brick in from earlier. So, another thing that comes back. Lucas surprises Jeremy by meeting him outside and frames him into writing a suicide note and uses the lawnmower to hang him, staging a suicide as if he jumped off the swing that he was sitting on earlier. One thing about this scene that I love... (laughs) Dacker for he's such a good actor I love this scene where um he's trying to get him to write the note and he's just like looking at him and not writing like he's writing but he's looking at him and not what he's writing he's just like dear Ashley I'm so sorry and Dacker is the perfect type of he has a perfect type of look that he can play crazy without trying hard at all I don't know if you've seen his season of Stranger Things but I don't he is very good at playing crazy without having to do too much. Like, looking at him, you can tell he plays the perfect... His character in this movie is very fuckboy, but you can tell, like, he can fight. Like, he looked like he can fight. You know what I... So, I'm like, I would have loved to get out of this movie. I would have loved more scenes with, like, Jeremy and Lucas going at it more. Like, him just fucking with him. Because it seems like Jeremy might be... Maybe not as much as killing people, but... He might be able to give Lucas a little run for his money in the crazy department. But anyway, um, after he hangs Jeremy, the suicide note we see, it says, Dear Ashley, I am so sorry. Please forgive me for everything I have done, and I love you so much. So Lucas actually did a good job on making him stage this letter because it was supposed to be a breakup letter, but this is going to be used for a suicide note. Garrett, meanwhile, starts to release Ashley, and she's explaining... Meanwhile, Garrett starts to release Ashley as she explains how toxic he and Lucas's relationship is. And it's a scene. 
trigger warning, because I'm about to say something else, but it's just going to lead into this scene. So trigger warning for, um, I guess, children and whore. Garrett goes to give Ashley a kiss, which I'm like, you guys got to stop just pushing yourself on women. Because no, she did not want you to kiss her. I understand, like, yeah. you was doing her a favor, but that that was not warranted at all. But anyway, because of this, Lucas get. I mean, because of this, Garrett gets blasted by Lucas like flies across the screen but well I don't think he he I don't think he saw the kiss part he seen the kiss that's what oh. made him shoot him oh I he said don't because, I thought it was because he was like cutting her, cutting he's her out. it was because he said don't touch her but he seen him kiss her and that's why he blasted him like that but before we go to see what before we go to see what's wrong with Garrett or go to see the damage the camera cuts to a cat, and I'm trying to figure out, like, was that the same black cat from earlier? I wasn't really sure. It's not important. It's not like the cat has anything to do with the movie, but... Well, I thought the cat was, like, outside after he... While he was getting hung, and it, like, the camera... He might have been. I wasn't paying yeah, attention. Camera, so when he was getting hung, and he was like... And the cat was, like... Because I just know I have a note that right after Gary got blasted, and I didn't see the movie three times, so I'm pretty sure this is where it went. Yeah. They showed the cat. Um, I really hate this part, so I already gave a trigger warning, but we go see Garrett. This part is just such a tearjerker. He's up against the dining room table. He can't even believe that he just got shot by somebody that's supposed to be his friend. And the last thing Garrett says is he just wants his mom, and Lucas just doesn't even let him get the word me out yeah like he doesn't even get to finish his sentence like lucas really shot his man over a bitch like and if you guys seen the movie funny games you already know what vibe it gave you like that it was the oh same God, vibe we just actually cool. seen it like like and we and it's another scene where you don't actually see the impact but just the scene enough does it for you um, Lucas then flips a switch and says, you were starting to annoy me anyway. And he goes up and cozies up to Ashley, telling about how his mom stopped cuddling him. And she just shuts down, and she's very smart for this. Ashley shuts down on Lucas, and this kind of causes him to lose it a little bit because as a sociopath, he, I don't know, he flips for me, but he wants that attention, and he can't stand someone shutting him out. So he stands behind her, pulls out a switchblade, and stabs her in the neck and just says good night and i'm just like what the fuck is wrong with him yeah starts cleaning up the house he's on his patrick bateman stuff he's staging the suicide with jeremy he's also staging the bodies and he's also tracking his parents arrival on this little gps tracking device i guess that he has that was never set up in the movie but whatever he gets ready for bed and he keeps, you ever know, you ever get ready for bed and you just keep realizing you just keep forgetting to do shit and you got to keep getting out of bed and doing shit. This is what he's doing. He's getting ready for bed, but then he realizes that the hole in Ricky's cheek hadn't been accounted for. He swipes it with a different number two pencil and tries to rush back to bed, but struggles to set the pencil up because remember, he sharpened it down to get Ricky's um, DNA off of it the first time. So he pulls a Mikey. Shout out to our boy Mikey. He pulls a Mikey and almost gets caught by his parents by knocking over the decorations on the roof. Then he successfully he successfully gets in his room, takes his sleeping pill, but almost forgets his noise monitor. The parents are walking up to the house, and I really do like the banner between Virginia Madsen and Patrick Warburton. 
She's like, I know you aren't talking about having sex with me because I just ate all this food and that's just not going to happen right now. But it's just so relatable. Like, uh, that's really how y'all do it out here. But anyway, um, the parents come into the house. They see the carnage. They're freaking out. They see that Lucas is okay. This is where um, the movie is ending, obviously. But not before we realize we have someone who survived. We have a breather. Obviously, it was Ashley because when she got stabbed in the neck, she was duct taped so tight that the duct tape stopped her from bleeding, which I want to call BS because... No, no. Remember, the little boy Garrett had already started cutting her out. He did. I know that. I understand that. But the BS I'm calling is the huge puddle of blood that was on the floor as he Patrick Bateman through setting up the body. That was her blood under the chair she was sitting on. That wasn't Garrett's blood. Uh, all of that blood i understand she was loose enough to stitch herself up i completely get all of that it still makes no sense because she was leaking from her neck it didn't make sense all, all that blood when he got hit upside the head true the true so we find out as i said ashley survived before she gets carried away off in the ambulance i love that she just gives him a middle finger because boy you have been caught like my stomach I know the exact stomach drop that Lucas felt. Like, he knew that it was over for him. He thought he was about to get away free, and he didn't. So the movie's over. But it pays to be patient, my friend, because if you waited, you would have unlocked a mid-credit scene. Not an end-credit scene, but there's a mid-credit scene, and it kind of ruined the movie for me. I don't know how you felt about it. I I don't even know if you watched it. I guess you didn't see it. Oh, well, Johnny didn't watch the movie. All right. Um, No, that part. I didn't see that part. It cuts to it cuts to him. It cuts to him and he's like, Mom, I'm worried about Ashley. I think we need to go visit her in the hospital. So it's implied that maybe it could have been done for sequel reasons. Who knows? But it could mean that, you know, we might get a sequel with them in the hospital, which hospital horror movies are a no go. Like I would love to see somebody actually do one now and it's actually something. Because even Halloween 2 isn't even, it's a bop, but it's not a vibe. It's two differences. But anyway, that was Better Watch Out 2016. Janae. Yes. Girl, come with me to this souvenir shop because we got some things to talk about. You ready? Yep. Let's roll. It seems you survived. Well, before you go, join us in the souvenir shop. As I said earlier in the movie, I stumbled across this movie first because I was working at the radio station and we got a lot of merchandise from the distributors. And this souvenir shop is pretty lit for this ride. Like, if anybody is familiar with the website Terror Threads, they actually have a few shirts on there. I don't know if they're on there now, but as I was looking there last week, I know that I've seen a few pictures from Terror Threads. If they're selling them now, I don't know. I'm not plugging Terror Threads. I do own a few of their shirts and I do like them. And if they do want to sponsor our podcast, they can hit me up. But I'm just saying they got some nice ass shirts, y'all. Anyway, some of the movie art from the movie is pretty consistent. Um, We have the popular one that mostly everybody probably knows is Ashley and Lucas it kind of seems like they're hiding behind a couch and she has the knife so this is basically from the scene before they see the shadow figure and Garrett tackles him then the one I told you guys about earlier with the Christmas sweater that has the gun the butcher knife the baseball bat and the axe 
Then there's another one that I seen this one. Um, I feel like this is more of like an Amazon preview, Hulu, something you would see on there. It's Lucas in a Christmas sweater, and he has a bat that's wrapped up in Christmas tree lights and blood. And as I said, like the marketing for this movie, especially with this next poster, it's another poster that um, it's Ashley, Garrett, and Lucas. It's the scene where they're walking upstairs and they're behind her. And it seems like on the corner of the poster, it's two bodies. So it gives you the vibes that this is going to be a home invasion movie, which we see that it's not. But I really would have loved if they really just went all out with the marketing to make us think that. And I also have an opinion that they probably should have pushed the plot twist a little bit further back. Like pushing it further up is fine, but I don't think it should have come as soon as it did. I think that's most of my issue with the movie. It's just like the pacing. The pacing was cool. But at some times it was just like, I feel like it's this is being dragged out. There were a lot of plot holes for me. Because I didn't understand the source of him wanting to kill. Like, it just didn't make sense. It just felt like he was just doing it just to do it. I think he just got so far into what he was doing that it just had to... I think his plan was going so left that it just had to come down to that. Now, I will say um, him killing Ricky was definitely a misstep, but considering he already knew that Jeremy was coming, I guess he just instantly made it up in his mind that he was going to blame him. Because if he let, if he didn't kill people, he would have ended up getting in trouble just for those two pranks. But it's like, dude, you could have just gotten in trouble for two two pranks and been grounded. I mean, I'm pretty sure he did. I mean, yeah, no, he he knew what he was doing. I'm not defending him. I'm saying he did it because he was trying to cover his tracks. Him, him killing Ricky, he already knew in his mind that Jeremy was going to come over and that he was going to set Jeremy up. This was already decided in his head. So I'm not defending. Like, he knew very well what he was doing, and that's why he kept doing it. His joke just went way too far that he had to just keep carrying out the plan and as i said you could have just got in trouble for them two little pranks and just got grounded and then i even bet like had you apologized to ashley and just been chill the rest of the night she probably wouldn't even said anything she probably just would have been chill but you trying to get your dick wet doing too much anyway (laughs) better watch out has a 6.5 out of 10 on imdb an 89% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 67% on Metacritic. Jane, what is your rating for Better Watch Out? I gave it a 30. A, damn! A 30? I, I didn't really like it. Explain yourself. I didn't really care for it. I mean, you don't gotta explain yourself, but damn. Yeah, it's, I wasn't feeling it. If <laughs> anybody, hold on, pause. If anybody is a TikTok head like me and you know that, damn! Damn, damn. Just, you know, throw a like up for us so I can know you with me. Yeah, I wasn't a fan. Um, I guess because it's like, it just, the plot, it was plot holes for me. And it just didn't, I just didn't get the the reasons for his killing. Like, I mean, I get he was trying to cover his tracks, but it was like, at the same time, he then we got kind of dumb at halfway through. And I was like, this is dumb. Why are we watching this? Um, I'm going to give this movie, as I said throughout the entire podcast, 
this movie took me on a roller coaster of emotions because it did um, embody funny games, and that movie really effed me up. I did not finish the movie. Uh, my first time seeing the movie this year, I would have to. I kind of want to place it. I want to give it a smooth. Hmm. I want to give it a smooth 67. That's. I feel like that's the highest I can go. I'm not giving it a 67 because it's bad. Because I actually think that it's written brilliantly. I'm giving it a 67 because the twist just fucked with me. When it started getting real sadistic and him filling up Ashley and popping his best friend and potentially just thinking that he was going to get away with it. Ah, oh, that's what makes me not want... I feel like the movie wants me to feel that way. So, okay, scratch that. I'm not going to give it a 67. I'm going to actually be fair, and I'm going to give it... I'm going to bump it up to a 74. I'm gonna, Yeah, I feel more comfortable with a 74, knowing that most of my decision is emotion-based, because I think that the movie wants you to feel like that. Like, yes, it's supposed to be a Christmas horror movie, but it has to be horror, and horror is supposed to mess with you. So... That even makes me want to bump it up more, but I'm just going to leave it at a 74. Yeah, so, the movie didn't mess with me. I was just looking at it like, what? Guys, John A. might be a psychopath, so if anything happens <laughs> to me, she did it. <laughs> All right, guys, so I hope you guys enjoyed this ride with us. Next week, we're going to go back, back into the time, to the 80s, baby. I'm talking about the Gremlins. Da, 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 da. You know, no? Theme song? No? That theme song slaps. Anyway, see you guys later. Bye. <laughs> what theme song is that? Girl, it plays through the whole movie. It plays.